2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 11 Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine. Uh, here with my good friends Tyler Beaker and Scott Barrett. Uh, Scott, wh- what's up, my dude? How was Week 10 for you? Uh, I had a good uh, good Week 10 on the secondary sites like Fantasy Draft and Yahoo. Uh, my DraftKings cash teams ended up being a dumpster fire, but some tournament teams came through from there. I'm chalking it up as a, a pretty solid win uh, for Team Britt over here. Uh, how, how did uh, how'd Scott handle it in the
3: uh, in- uh, I think it was. I think it was mostly a, a neutral week for me. Um, but uh, I think I think I had good calls on last week's podcast. Did I did I talk up Aaron Jones? I, I, I don't remember. But I, I think we Tyler and I both had some good calls last week. So hopefully uh, we can keep that rolling forward.
2: Yeah, lots of always always we always got good calls, Scott. We only talk about the good, never about the bad. That's how you uh, that's how you prosper in life, right? You just that's forget right. about the bad, only the good. Uh, Tyler you get into the sheet so early when I go to look at it I already forget what we talked about last week DFS with so basketball football all this other stuff I got going on um, hard to remember what we talked about last week uh, how'd your weekend go
4: I was brutal in tournaments I went heavy on Mahomes and the Chiefs uh it was just a Tyreek day though and that happens um with this offense I thought they had a chance to go nuclear against a terrible Arizona defense they kind of didn't really do that um so tournaments were lackluster for me. Cash games weren't that great either. Uh, I'm in kind of a need of a bounce back week here, to be oh,
2: honest. We got you. We'll, we're we're right. gonna get a good. We're gonna get I'm good, ready now. I'm ready. Now. Get a good week for everybody. Uh, so if you missed last week, uh, we've, we dropped the dud segment. Um, talking about duds doesn't get the needle moving. Doesn't make it go from six to midnight, right? So we're gonna add in some more. Uh, we're gonna add in some more value plays. Uh, some more talk on that, Not talk about players that we, we don't really want to play, but more of the players that we do want to play. So let's start this off. Uh, Tyler, I'm gonna go with you at quarterback. We're still gonna talk about the studs. And there's a couple of guys you can make a case for. You got Drew Brees at home in the course field of DFS, right? Everybody knows that. You got Carson Wentz opposite of him. You've highlighted Cam Noon on the road in Detroit. Um, I'm always a little worried the pace of Detroit, right? That's really slow. Uh, why is that not deterring you this week?
4: Yeah, I mean, both these teams are kind of middling in pace, but I don't think they're either one or like going at a snails crawl either. It's just kind of middle of the pack. But uh, I think Cam Newton's a really smart uh, cash game play this week. We're going to see Drew Brees draw a ton of ownership. I'm just probably going to pivot to a quarterback here like Cam, who has just as high of a ceiling in Cam Newton. Um, Detroit's coming off a 39-point drubbing by Mitchell Trubisky last week. They've allowed multiple passing touchdowns in 7 of 9. If Detroit was afraid of Mitchell Trubisky's wheels last week, where he ran for 18 yards and a touchdown, uh, look out for Cam, who now leads all quarterbacks in rushing fantasy points. Averaging a robust 39 rushing yards per game, you're essentially getting a touchdown right off the bat with Cam. He's also doing some of the most accurate throwing of his career, completing over 70% of his dropbacks in three straight games. That's a feat he's only been able to manage once in his eight-year career. Detroit could make that a fourth straight game, considering they're currently allowing opponents to complete a nice 69% of their attempts against. And they might be without top cornerback Darius Slay, who is limited on Wednesday. After not practicing all last week,
2: yeah, I think uh, I think Slay probably returned to a limited practice. I would expect Slay to get in there. Uh, I don't know. I'm not really too concerned about Darius Slay for Cam Newton. He gets so much of his uh, yeah. so much of his fantasy points on the ground. Lots of targets for him to spread around the ball too. If he wants to avoid Darius Slay, I don't really think it should be too hard. Sixty two hundred for Cam Newton. That seems pretty good to me. Um, quarterback, there's a lot of quarterbacks I like this week. Scott's got another one lined up. Uh, he's going a little bit cheaper for your studs. Everybody's going to tell you to play Breeze, play Wentz, um, play Cam Newton like Tyler. Scott's going a little cheaper. He's got Deshaun Watson, 5,700. The bye-week. Scott, if I had broken ribs and a bruised lung and anything else Deshaun Watson's dealing with as an NFL player, um, I'm, I'm probably feeling a little bit better after a week off.
3: Yeah, so that definitely helps. But this is also arguably one of the toughest players in the NFL. You know, if, if anyone who knows his story uh, growing up, uh, mom had cancer, um, you know, really, really tra- tragic and amazing story. Uh, also went through a lot in college too. Uh, he's a tough guy, so not too worried about the injuries. And, and, and like you said, yeah, uh, the bye week's going to help. Uh, and if you just look back at his his numbers – through weeks two through four, he ranks fourth among all quarterbacks in fantasy points per game. Remember, last season he put together uh, the most fantasy points per game of any quarterback in any season uh, ever. Um, so fourth in fantasy points per game, uh, weeks two through four. Then he got hurt the next week against Dallas. Is on the injury report uh, against Buffalo, arguably the toughest quarterback matchup. Uh, then he had another tough matchup the next week in Jacksonville. Then he threw for five touchdowns against Miami on, like, 20 attempts. And then another tough matchup in Denver, and he still scored 20.3 fantasy points. That was two weeks ago. Then the bye week, and now he gets Washington, who is very sneakily uh, one of the top pass funnel defenses in the NFL. 75% of their yardage allowed has been via the pass that ranks second most in the NFL Um, But really, I think I think Carson Wentz is the guy I wanted to write up as my stud. Uh, But uh, uh, Tyler has him as his value play. So Mm -hmm. you can use that as your segue.
2: Yeah, Uh, Watson, too, you got to think the rushing ability is probably going to be there a little bit more. You know, are you going to run? I mean, Deshaun Watson, right? You said he's pretty tough, dude. He's probably not going to care about his broken ribs and lung issues. And he's still going to try to run, but he's probably going to feel a little bit more confident this week after the bye. Um, Certainly going to help in the the combat sport that football is for him to have that time off. Uh, Let's talk Wentz here, Tyler. Uh, You want to talk Andrew Luck too? I uh, think both those pretty good plays this week. Wentz, no semblance of a passing game for him, right? They just want to throw. They're in New Orleans. Um, What's his season high on attempts? 44 was, or no, he had a 50 at Tennessee earlier in the season. I don't know if he's going to break that, but I don't know. Getting into the, the mid to high 40s for attempts seems like something that's possible for him. You got Andrew Luck who he's back to Andrew Luck. He's got all his healthy weapons. Eric Ebron, people are just leaving him wide open for touchdowns. They don't know how to guard any of his targets right now. Um, He's getting wide open. This is an important divisional game uh, for him, too. It's at home. It's indoors. No weather concerns. You can't convince me either one of these guys are bad plays.
4: Yeah, I really like Wentz here on FanDuel specifically. 7,700, the quarterback 8 in pricing in this week's highest scoring game. Don't know what they were thinking there, but I'm biting. Uh, Saints are a pass funnel defense. They're adept at slowing the run. They're allowing the fewest rushing yards against while allowing the fifth most passing yards. Saints have allowed some massive fantasy outings to some of their opponents. Matt Ryan and Ryan Fitzpatrick both scoring 40-plus FanDuel points against them. Jared Goff coming off a 390-yard outing with three passing touchdowns last week. Wentz and the Eagles are top 13 in pass play percent. Should be dropping back more frequently as eight-point road dogs here. Wentz has dropped 20-plus Fandle points in five of his last six outings. Dating back to the beginning of 2014, opposing quarterbacks are averaging 21.2 Fandle points while playing in the Superdome. Uh, I just think he makes for a very strong cash play if you're playing on Fandle this week.
2: Yeah, Um, I I definitely like that. Uh, You got to expect it. There's just there is no run game in Philadelphia. They are going to be chucking the ball a lot. Uh, What what about Andrew Luck, right? Um, We're going to talk about the pace of this game and some notes that Pat Thorman has on it. But I don't know. I I think we've got uh, Marcus Mariota, who's reemerged, right? He's passing good, that nerve issue. All he's got, um, I'm going to say a full supply of healthy targets with still having Jonu Smith in there instead of Delaney Walker. But It looks like that offense is clicking. They got rid of Derrick Henry. They're playing Deion Lewis to kind of move. It's a more pass-friendly offense. I think Mariota is going to be able to put up some points too. This is just another one like Jacksonville last week. uh, I think this game is a pretty
1: sneaky shootout.
4: Yeah, and Mariota's health just makes this a much more competitive game going back and forth. I think we could see a lot of fantasy points here as a great low-key stacking game. Uh, Luck has thrown three or more touchdowns in six straight games, hasn't been sacked in four straight games. Uh, this Colts offense is rolling on all cylinders, and now they take on their divisional rival at home on the fast track indoors. I mean, I think it's a, a blow-up spot here for Luck. He started the year off slow with a very low dot, still rehabbing, uh, but he's climbed his way into one of the leagues, uh, into one of this year's best deep ball throwers. Uh, at PFF, we track deep balls as 20-plus yards. He's currently third in deep ball accuracy at 55.9% and third in QB rating on such throws at 1305 Love stacking him with T.Y. Hilton here. I um, think he'll take advantage of that Malcolm Butler matchup that we love to target.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely love him as a play this week. Uh, get on board. Uh, ride luck to the promised land, uh, if you ask me. Scott, you've got some interesting names here. So we're going to really talk about some value. We've got Eli Manning sitting here at home on DraftKings at 5,200. right? But it's against Tampa Bay. He's got all the weapons. If you're ever going to play Eli Manning, this looks like the week. I guess we can put in uh, Baltimore quarterback should Joe Flacco not start, whether it's Lamar Jackson or Robert Griffin III. Um, you've got RG3 down. I think a lot of the talk um, earlier in the week is going to center around Lamar Jackson. So let's say they throw us a curveball and do start RG3. Um, why don't you go into a little bit of analysis on, on RG3 and you think he, if he's going to be
3: uh, yeah, I, I I don't think it's a curveball. I think they're going to start RG three and and not Lamar Jackson. Though I expect uh, Jackson to mix in if if it is Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, easy must start of the week.
2: Yeah, he's my cash um, game quarterback if he starts.
3: Yeah, he's going to be everyone's cash game quarterback. He I don't think he's um uh really that talented or as a a passer. Maybe not say talented, but I I think. Uh, right now, at this stage of his career, it's it, he's somewhat of a liability. He's not that accurate per PFF's data. Um, but that doesn't really matter when you see the production he's put up on the ground throughout his college career. Um, Google metrics that matter, Lamar Jackson, and, and you'll see the article I wrote there. He could, he could be, um, you know brock osweiler at his worst through the air and it doesn't matter if he's you know just 60 percent of the mobile quarterback he was in college um he'd still be an easy qb1 if you imagine Uh, if
2: you get if you get a a 101 rushing from a quarterback it's it doesn't even like that's in his wheelhouse for sure that that's 19 fantasy points as a quarterback before you even attempt to pass
3: right i mean back in the days like tyrod taylor tim tebow those were easy mid-range qb1s and you know i i think lamar jackson is better than both of them as a a passer so um definitely easy must start but I, i don't think he's gonna be the starter i think it's gonna be rg3 uh and just just note like either way they're both way too cheap and a great matchup the Bengals. uh ranked dead last in points allowed per drive. They're they're giving up a a ton on the ground, but they also rank dead last in fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks. This is just, you know, a really, really bad defense. Um, uh, Baltimore's the most pass-heavy team in the NFL. Maybe that that probably changes with Flacco out, but, um, you know, still too cheap. Uh, Eli, uh, he is the other cheap quarterback you're going to want to look at. Uh, Tampa Bay, we just talk about it a lot. They're a historically bad pass defense. They're giving up two point five six passing touchdowns per game, an opposing passer rating of one twenty two point three. That uh, ranks worst in the league this year, but also would rank worst this past decade. Uh, Manning has, you know, surprisingly been somewhat confident in recent weeks. So, um, yeah, he, he's he's someone I'd want to consider.
2: Um... Tyler, I want to ask you, uh, we've got uh, Blake Bortles at home against Pittsburgh. Probably going to have to put up some points. Jacksonville defense, maybe it gets a little bit better. Um, but I don't know. It's been struggling a little bit. You got thoughts on Bortles?
4: Uh, I don't think he threw a touchdown in either of his matchups against Pittsburgh last year. Um
2: defenses don't matter okay yeah fair. But I don't know that's just gonna be my response to, to, to that to that statement there I don't know I think he's interesting uh as a term obviously you're never gonna play Blake Bortles in your cash teams although it did work when it was Blake Bortles chalk week earlier this season it did work out due to garbage time but I don't know I don't think he's the absolute worst play on the board um I think that's gonna do it for uh, oh Tyler you want to talk a little bit too about Ryan Fitzpatrick you know I'm always worried he's gonna get benched but I think I've, I've come to the conclusion after the start of last week's game and his play Jameis Winston's not going to, unless Dirk Cutter gets fired, Jameis Winston's not going to come back on the field, right? There's this injury guarantee where if Jameis Winston gets hurt, they owe him a a ton of money next year and he's guaranteed to be on the roster. I've got to imagine they're at the point where they they don't trust Winston and they probably don't want him on the roster next year. So I think this is Fitzpatrick's team barring a horrific pick six, three interception first half or something like that.
4: I think it might be barring injury. Like, I think it's his to stay. Um, I mean, this Buccaneers offense is one we've been targeting all year. They don't run the ball at all. Their defense is terrible. They just throw a ton. Uh, Last week, we saw them orchestrate over 500 yards of offense. They went for just three points, but they're putting up a ton of yardage on the ground and through the air. I mean, Fitz was shy of 20 DK points without scoring a touchdown last week. That's pretty absurd. Um, Despite his poor outing last week, he didn't burn you in cash. And I don't think he will again this week against the Giants. Both Janoris Jenkins and B. D. and B. W. Webb rank outside our top 70 corners. The Giants have the seventh lowest pressure rate, and they combine with our third lowest graded pass rush unit. So they're not really getting after the quarterback, and they're giving time for Fitzpatrick to make his reads. I think he'll be able to complete them with all the weapons he has um I, the Bucks are going to pass a lot and that's pretty much it why Fitzpatrick's in play
2: yeah I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks this week it's hard I can Drew Brees, Wentz, Newton, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Marcus Mariota maybe not Matthew Stafford although I don't know you, you could talk me into that Dak Prescott at Atlanta maybe he, he looks good with some of his what I don't think there's a bad a bad quarterback playing so you get to like Andy Dalton or somebody this week, I think there's a lot of viable ones. I'm going to be very interesting for tournaments this week. Um, who you're picking your quarterback, who you're stacking them with. Um, I don't know, just think it's going to be a fun week uh, for tournaments. Let's uh, let's get to Scott's opportunity knock segment. So, Scott spends a lot of time every week with his actual opportunity article at Profile Football Focus. Uh, I've got it highlighted here. Uh, Scott, I want to talk about uh, Johnson. I want to talk about. Ian and Allen, uh, they're not the highlights of your article, um, but what did you find out about them? It looks like both of them uh, are, are looking to break out for the, uh, the second half of the season.
3: Uh, so, yeah, uh, one of the guys I keyed on, in on last week was Aaron Jones. You know, is finally, saw it coming, yes. time to, to free him. And, and now Kerriann Johnson's uh, the hyper-efficient running back who it looks like is about to be unleashed officially. Uh, He played on 71% of Detroit snaps last week, set a new high expected fantasy points after just setting another career high in expected fantasy points in week nine. That's despite Theo Riddick returning in week nine, Um, really seeing great usage, uh, even including usage near the end zone um, and, and heavy target volume. That's going to be important this week, given the matchup, but I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, who is the other names? Uh, you have got are, Keenan
2: Allen. Second half Keenan Allen is a thing, and it seems like it's happening again.
3: Yeah, it might be. Um, so he, he complained about a lack of targets in week seven. And on a market share basis, he's ranked top five since then. Uh, the issue with him and the Chargers this week is that uh, so since week five, uh, they rank dead last in, in passing plays per game. They're also like seven point favorites and Keenan Allen's going to go up against Chris Harris jr. So uh, he's definitely not in play uh, for me this week. Um, But I will say uh, he is someone to keep in mind uh, moving forward Mm -hmm. uh, as someone who should see and continue to see better usage. Um, Some other interesting names, David Johnson is back. Uh, Tevin Coleman, uh, you know, is seeing a a, a much bigger workload through the air. And I think that's important. Um, Julian Edelman is just quietly seeing a fantastic workload. Um, Adam Humphreys, he has a really tough matchup this week, but uh, uh, he's, he's ranked highly by this metric as well. Leonard Fournette, another guy, don't sleep on him. Massive uh, usage in week 10.
2: Yeah. Let's get to running back, Tyler. And, Run, just like running quarterback, right? There's a lot of good running quarterback plays. All right. Melvin Gordon, good play. Elvin Kamara, good play. James Conner, good play. Saquon Barkley, good play. Ezekiel Elliott, good play. David Johnson, good play. Leonard Fournette, good play. Uh, I don't know. I might just play all the high-priced running backs. This is what I like to do. They're all in really good spots. How are we differentiating here of a top one? uh i'm differentiating by mass multi-entering <laughs> yes that's, that is the correct answer because
4: right? <laughs> i think all of these guys are in play like you mentioned it's hard to find any warts against them this week all could be in potential blow up spots and i don't want to miss out on any uh one of the guys i want to prioritize especially for like cash games is melvin gordon just because he has that high rushing floor uh high receiving floor he's coming off a of five for 72 and one receiving stat line last week um guy has a great matchup here against denver um he's only scored one touchdown in five career games against the broncos which is kind of surprising but i think that could change this year with how welcoming their defense is to opposing backs the broncos have allowed the seven most rushing yards to opposing rbs nine touchdowns in nine games uh the squad has allowed two 200 yard rushers already this season they're allowing a healthy 4.9 yards for carry to opposing backs and like scott mentioned earlier they're seven point favorites uh it's hard to find any faults with gordon
2: Yeah, Chargers are a good team. Eighty nine hundred, consistent. Eckler too is a great thing. His usage has really dwindled off uh, as the season has progressed. They are giving the ball to Melvin Gordon all the time. They're giving him all the targets. Eckler barely seeing the field uh, now. So uh, I I like Melvin Gordon. Scott, the only problem, uh, I don't know. Do you have a strong take on any of these guys? I can play all of them. I current. How 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 does Saquon Barkley at home against Tampa Bay? How does that not work out? How does Ezekiel Elliott? against atlanta i was on zeke last week on the thursday slates i played him on yahoo absolute smash philadelphia's fake run defense they are not a good run de- they're just a really bad defense i think philadelphia could get boat raced out of the superdome too by the way do you got any strong takes is there one of these guys you have to have or i'm, I'm kind of like tyler um you know playing tournaments i would just i don't know i'd get 30 percent of all these guys to make sure i'm overweight the field on all of them and just cycle them through all my teams over and over
3: no i i don't have a bold take on any of these guys i i like all of them so much and you know it's definitely a very close tier you brought up Ezekiel Elliott by my data he's actually had uh, uh i think either the toughest or the second toughest running back schedule to start this year so obviously this week against atlanta that looks really good um but the guy i wrote up for for this segment at least is is Saquon Barkley uh you know Tampa Bay giving up uh, eighth-most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. This looks like the Giants' best uh, game this all year in terms of uh, at least their Vegas-implied point total. Saquon Barkley, just massive, massive usage. It's kind of like – it's really like Le'Veon Bell-esque. I was going to say Alvin Kamara last year with more carries. Um, But, yeah, he ranks top 30 – among all players and receiving fantasy points per game. And then he ranks eighth, uh, among all players and carries. So just, just amazing workload, uh, it's amazing production, amazing efficiency. And, and it looks like this is his best matchup. Uh, he might have all year. So, uh, yeah, I'm a fan.
2: Uh, thoughts, anyone on James Conner, right? If Le'Veon Bell was 7,200, it wouldn't matter who he's playing, right? He could play the the uh, you know the All Star MVP team on defense. I'd still play Levy on Bell at seventy two hundred. We got Levy on Bell at seventy two hundred. His name's just James Connor. Uh,
3: that looks like a, a stone cold lock to me this week. Do we have Levy on Bell, or do we have someone who's actually historically outperforming yeah. Levy on well, Bell? And well, I want I usage.
2: we, we raided Levy on Bell's locker and we replaced it with James Connor. So. <laughs>
3: Yeah, he's he's too cheap on draftings. You're right. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. there's the same
4: play, like, basically when he was going against Baltimore. Um, It's just a great leverage play where people aren't that interested. Super cheap, great spot, do it.
2: Yeah, I think um, should we get a cheap Baltimore starting quarterback, you can get three, you know, you can get, pick your choice of any of the three high-priced or two of the high-priced running backs, mix in James Conner. You get some really good receivers, it looks like, two in the mid-tier this week. Uh, Makes for a pretty good lineup, if you ask me today. So I like that. Uh, Tyler, you want to talk a couple value guys. Scott already mentioned David Johnson's back now. David The price is starting to creep up on David Johnson. But, you know, two years ago, right, if this was 2016, David Johnson was 7,500 on DraftKings, we'd be playing him no matter what. He's also got a nut matchup this week against Oakland. Uh, He's another one. It's it's very close between David Johnson and James Conner. I'm going to take James Conner because I trust the Pittsburgh offense to just kind of put up points, even though Big Ben's on the road. Um, who you got between those two if you got to make a tough choice there?
4: Between DJ and
2: James Conner? Yeah, it's so hard for me.
4: Yeah, I'd probably lean DJ just because I think uh, he has the softer matchup. Um, honestly, that's tough because I think uh, Conner could have better touchdown equity. Um, I'll probably sp- <laughs> take the easy way out and split it
2: yeah that's what that's what you do <laughs> tell me a little, t- tell me about this matchup just like, everything points to david johnson better offense getting the targets getting just the usage is back david johnson's back
4: yeah he's back to vintage dj which is exactly what we wanted in his last two outings his yards per route run has climbed from 1.04 in weeks 1 through 7 up to 2.33 in his last two games it was 1.73 during his 80-catch season in 2016, so he's far out producing that as of now. His touches for game have also climbed from 18.0 in that first part of the season up to 24 in the last two games. Now draws Oakland's run defense. That's allowed the second-most rushing yards for game. They've allowed some big rushing stat lines to opposing backs. Melvin Gordon went for 18 for 93. Raheem Mostert went for 7 for 86 and 1 the week before, and Marlon Mack went for 25, 132, and 2 uh, back in week 8. Oakland has all but given up this year. Um, I'm just loading up
2: on DJ, to be honest. John Gruden is just $100 million at home just sitting there. (laughs) Uh, Just uh, a thief. I don't know. We got to see if the rebuild works. I don't know. You can't really hold it against them for tanking and trading everybody away. But uh, I don't know if Gruden's going to be able to pull that off. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, Scott, so uh, interesting choice here. I think because there's so many good high-priced running backs, I don't think you need to go – to the Dion Lewis train again. You don't need to go I love Mark Ingram last week. Um, I think you can still play Mark Ingram, uh, again this week. Uh, what are we doing with Dion Lewis? Still had 20 touches, just didn't get too much done, had two targets, caught both of those last week. So the volume was there. We played them. The volume was good. We just didn't get the results we wanted. Is this a spot where we want to go back to it this week?
3: Uh, yeah, obviously I love David Johnson. Um, I mean, more than, more than Dion Lewis, well, uh, duh. <laughs> but uh, Lewis, got, you got salary, Scott, we can't spend all our money. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Lewis has played on a uh, 74% of the team's snaps over his last three games, seeing 61% of the carries 75% of the targets on a per game basis, 17.3 carries 4.0 targets per game. We know Derrick Henry still going to dominate the goal line work, but you know, he is being used as a, Bell cow um and he's just way too cheap on DraftKings uh and, and the matchup makes sense as well uh the Colts are giving up the fourth most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs we know uh that's uh, uh where Dion Lewis has excelled this year um also like Tariq Cohen for for tournaments in a game uh Uh, Oh, sorry. Uh, Off the main slate. I always do that. You got a lot of off the main slate that you get. You're hoping pays off for you this week. I know. I know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Deion Lewis, uh, he's just a a value and, and, you know, maybe he he does lack touchdown upside, but he is uh, probably $800 or so too cheap on DraftKings.
2: Yeah. Given the new role, uh, Tyler, Deion Lewis or Mark Ingram, $100 difference on DraftKings ownership, Probably will be within 5% of each other by the time it's all said and done. Uh, who you got?
4: Uh, I like Lewis a bit because I think the Colts are pretty susceptible to receiving backs. Um, same great price. He didn't get priced that much uh, just because uh, he had a mediocre outing last week. Doesn't mean we should fade
2: him this week. Um, you got a punt for us too. He's 3,300 on DK. I'm a little worried. He's, he's not the receiving back for Philadelphia for sure. I think it's Wendell Smallwood. I think I prefer Smallwood, if I was shot taken on a Philadelphia running back this week, but uh, try to convince me, Josh Adams. Somehow he's actually at uh, almost ten percent, seven and a half projected ownership currently on a, on a Wednesday night. I don't, I don't know. I think this is pretty thin. I, I have a hard time convincing myself that Josh Adams is going to win me a tournament this week.
4: No, it is thin, very much so. Uh, it's only really in play for New Orleans, Philly game stacks, but I think it's a great way to differentiate lineups if you are going that route. Great way to get salary relief as well. Uh, despite the Eagles' record, they're still top seven in the league in red zone trips for game. The Saints are allowing opponents to finish red zone trips for touchdowns 72.4% of the time. That's the fifth highest rate in the league. Josh Adams is by far their best back for those kind of roles. Um, he's looked fantastic for the Eagles in the uh, last two games, coming off 6.7 yards for carry in his last two outings, 3.9 yards after contact per attempt in those uh, two games. One shock me at all to see him take an inside handoff for a score. Uh, like I said, though, it's an absolute punt. 3,300 on DK, 4,500 on Fandle. Uh, you're just really hoping for a touchdown here.
2: And, I mean, there's not much ceiling, but if you can get 10 points, I, okay, I'm okay with that. I mean, someone finished like fifth or sixth in the Millionaire Maker last week with a zero from Taylor Gabriel. So, hey, if if that can happen, you get 10 from that. Maybe it's not looking too good. Uh, I'm questioning the crowd here. Leonard Fournette, um, not efficient at all last week. 24 carries, 53 yards. This was at Indianapolis to a reasonably good matchup. He got into the end zone twice. Uh, He roasted Pittsburgh, uh, I think, in both meetings last year. He... You know, got it done for us in fantasy last week. He's a nice 6,900 on DraftKings. Uh, cheapest of all the bell cow running backs, I believe, by far. Anyone have a strong take?
4: Not on the onset. I don't have any strong takes on Fournette. You got anything, Scott?
3: Yeah, so he saw 24 carries and five targets. That's amazing. Um, and it was his first game back from from injuries. If he's going to play the whole game, we know he's going to see uh, usage uh, that maybe only four other running backs, uh, are, are currently seeing, uh, we saw that in week one, two, three targets and 1.5 quarters. So he, he's seeing, we we've known this since the off season, that they were going to use him a little differently this year, mainly, uh, get him more involved in the passing game and on third downs. And that was definitely true last week. And it was true in the limited sample before that, um, He's going to dominate all the work near the end zone, and Jacksonville's going to go far more run heavy when he's healthy and active. Uh, he's another one of those uh, high priced running backs to like for sure.
2: Yeah, And you got your boy Karrion Johnson, 5,800 probably my favorite little mid tier play there. Uh, if you're trying to Good pick call. some, yeah, you know, probably like the last. I, I don't really see myself using anybody, I mean, I'll have some Dion Lewis. Yeah, maybe. I, I'd take carry on, I think, over that than Tevin um, against Dallas. But uh, uh, Tyler, I want to talk to you about uh, the snaps and pace article that Pat puts together on Pro Football. He's so
3: watching there. right now.
2: Oh, Pat's watching. So, so Pat, <laughs> congratulations. We're going to show everybody your We're taking the paywall down just for the people watching the show and that listen to it on podcasts. And sometimes we talk about the high pace games. But I want to talk about – pats mentioning of the colts and the titans because the titans they play slow and if you look at pats you know the charts he has here the colts look like a high-paced team but if you really dig into what pat reads maybe they're not so uh up in pace over their recent games here so how do you you know how do you balance what a team's done over the past couple of weeks versus what they did to start the season as we progress later in the fantasy world, are you concerned maybe the Colts play a little bit slower and this is like a twenty-three to seventeen game instead of a thirty-one to twenty-four type of game?
4: Yeah, well, I think we've seen both these offenses kind of evolve over the course of the season so far. So I definitely want to take a bit more of a nuanced look at their most recent games. I mean, we've like I mentioned earlier, Lux has been getting healthier with his rehab. Um, as the years progressed, we've seen Mariota go from a full game where he threw it like five times and just carried it 20 times uh, all the way to last week where he was uh, throwing it all over the yard and looking really good. Um, no longer has that nerve ending in his hand. I think I think it was his hand. That's I hope he run. has the nerve ending. I
2: just hope it's healed.
4: <laughs> or, yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, but ba- basically what I think um, – what I, what I gathered from this was that it's uh, an interesting one from – Uh, a pace perspective with the Titans allowing the second fewest snaps or plays for game while operating at a very slow, I think it was bottom five Mm -hmm. uh, seconds for snap.
2: Um, Even without Derrick Henry, there's still, it seems like they're still plodding along there taking their time. Um, You go to the no huddle notes. If you guys read this article, just like Scott always tells me to scroll down to the bottom of his article, It seems like on PFF, all the cool stuff's at the bottom of the article. So you get all the no huddle notes, too. Uh, Pat talks about kind of this article and a couple other ones. Um, This is one of the must-reads. I I read this every week. I read Scott's article. Those are two of my main things on PFF. Um, Lots of good stuff in here. Uh, So if you have PFF subscription, uh, check out Pat's article. And if you don't have PFF subscription, uh, what are you waiting for? So I use this every week to make all my teams. So uh, let's get into some wide receivers. Uh, Scott, you're up. Uh, let's talk some studs here. There's a, you know, I, Here's the problem I'm having with these expensive wide receivers, guys, is I like the expensive running backs. And the expensive running backs are always going to take priority for me because their workloads are pretty much guaranteed. There's a lot of weird stuff that can happen in a game where Michael Thomas might see seven targets and Odell Beckham might get six targets. There's some weird things in there where You're never going to see Saquon Barkley not really get a lot of targets or uh, a lot of touches outside of injuries. So I prefer the high-priced running backs. But, Scott, Michael Thomas, there's nobody competing for him. It's Elvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. That's how it goes. Julio Jones is at home, back inside. He's scoring touchdowns now. Odell Beckham against Tampa Bay. DeAndre Hopkins with uh, a more healthy uh, Deshaun Watson. Antonio Brown at 7,800 on DraftKings. What are they doing? All these guys are in great spots too. Which one's kind of kind of your favorite out of all?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I wrote up uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I don't remember who who Tyler wrote. Maybe I like them more. But um, Tyler's got uh, Odell Beckham. Yeah, so I do like Odell more this week. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins just has a nice matchup. Uh, Washington's been hemorrhaging points to opposing left wide receivers, which is where. Uh, he spends the plurality of his routes. Um, you know, uh can't really go too wrong with him. Uh, don't think Washington has anyone that can cover him. But like you said, uh, I am trying to pay up at the running back position and, and grab value at the wide receiver position. Are
2: you concerned to Marius Thomas' is back a little bit more in the offense? Kiki QT, it looks like he's probably going to be. Are you concerned any of them eat into – 11 10
3: targets of deandre hopkins and somehow ends up with like seven no i mean he was still eating when kuti was healthy and fuller was healthy so uh i think i think he's uh he's still a smash play all
2: right tyler let's talk i mean you don't have to tell me Oda a jr is a good play you just insert <laughs> a great wide receiver against the buccaneers i'm sold that's all you got to tell me uh what do you got for me
4: so it's kind of interesting he's on a career high in percentage of routes run from the slot this year uh it's currently at 28.3 that would be he's on pace for the most that he's ever done in his uh five-year career to date he's hauled in 17 of 22 targets for 186 yards and a touchdown uh, those are rather pedestrian slot numbers so i think it's just a matter of time till we see him take like one of those patented five-yard slants to the house from the slot and i can't think of a better matchup to do it this week than against tampa bay who's one of the worst defenses historically Uh, Defending the slot. MJ Stewart is a guy we've routinely picked on this year. He's allowing the most receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns to posing slot receivers. For as much slack as we're giving Malcolm Butler, I think MJ Stewart deserves just as much. Uh, And to be frank, with the type of volume OBJ is seeing, it doesn't really matter where he lines up, though. He's seeing double digit targets in all but one game, and he had nine targets in that game. He's tied for third in target share among all wide receivers in the league tied for third in the market share of air yards. Uh, I'm gunning for heavy exposure this week against a historically poor pass defense.
2: Yeah, Devin, uh, go back to the screen share here, and I want to highlight something on uh, the wide receiver cornerback charts. Devin, if you were taking a nap, sorry, you had to wake up from it. Probably not. Um, But, Scott, you know, you go to the wide receiver cornerback chart. We've done this a couple of times. I scroll down to the Giants, and I see the best possible slot matchup in all of football. And it's not just by a little bit. They are Tampa Bay's allowing 33.7 fantasy points per game to slot receivers, which is number one. Number two is at 26. So this is like a almost a, what a 35% increase over the number two team, which would be Pittsburgh. This is, this is like the absolute dream spot for Odell Beckham. Uh, I could see why you'd want him over Hopkins. Um, I, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to have the salary for a lot of these guys. I'm going to prioritize the high price running backs specifically on my cash teams um, I do like some of the mid-tier wide receivers we're probably going to talk about, but if you have the money, uh, I think Odell's probably uh, the wide receiver that you want this week. Uh, Scott, let's go to a couple value guys. And, um, you know, Marvin Jones, right, might not practice. I uh, didn't practice today, might not practice tomorrow, might not play on Sunday. They have a quick turnaround. They got to play Thanksgiving Um so I don't know. Kind of makes sense for them to sit out Marvin Jones. So let's enter a much too cheap Kenny Galladay at fifty eight hundred. Uh, if Marvin Jones sits, Kenny Galladay should be what a sixty seven hundred dollar receiver on DraftKings. Got thirteen targets last week. A lot of that was in some garbage time, um, but he showed he's got the upside. Uh, if Marvin, jo- I don't even care if Mar- if Marvin Jones is in. I still think I'm playing Kenny Galladay at fifty eight hundred.
3: Uh yeah, so um Galladay saw awesome usage last week. Jones did leave early due to the injury, but he saw a career high thirteen targets. He was uh very effective on those targets as well. Uh the issue is the matchup's tough, but like you said, he's he's grossly underpriced. Uh I have him as like a fringe wide receiver one this week. Yeah. Uh I will say I, I didn't love the that argument for Odell Beckham. And and this goes to the other guy I have written up as a value. That's Sterling Shepard. Why, why highlight the slot matchup for, for Beckham when he's running, let's say 11 routes per game from the slot, when you could play Sterling Shepard, a much cheaper price tag when he's running 38 routes per game from the slot. Uh, And that is where you want to target Tampa Bay, uh, easily giving up the most by percentage of total receiving fantasy points, easily giving up the most. And, and Sterling Shepard, he's had his two uh, best games and his two best matchups. The the only other two teams he's faced that rank bottom 10 in fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. I think that's Atlanta and new Orleans off the top of my head. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I still really like Odell Beckham Jr., but, but the play on that is is that, uh, but by my data, um, they're giving up the most, uh, uh, Tampa Bay is giving up the most schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game to wide receiver ones. Hmm. So, like, outside wide receivers, like, it doesn't look like they're giving up a lot, but you just key in on wide receiver ones and also on the slots they faced, uh, they rank worst among all defenses. So... Yeah, Galladay, if Jones is out, and and Sterling Shepard, though, I also like uh, Tyler's value play quite a bit, so that's a good call on him.
2: Yeah, uh, let's talk, too, about uh, Corey Davis in here, too, who, he's 5,600. He should have been 5,600 last week. Goes out, has a monster game, and now he's 5,600 when he should be, like, 6,600. So how do I not play Corey Davis? The clear, true number one option. Ten targets each of the past two weeks. Monster game last week against New England. You can look at any metric on pro football focus, football outsider, sharp football, rotogram, anything in the entire industry. The Colts suck at pass defense. They suck <laughs> at pass rush. How do you not play Corey Davis at 5,600? Uh, I'm
4: still <laughs> regretting not playing him last week
2: at 4,500. <laughs> uh, I, I, I had him in there, right? So I mean, And then I like I donkey swap like two minutes before lock. Half of my team's off of him. I'm just sitting there. What am I doing? What an idiot I was yesterday. But uh, I mean, I had him on half my teams. I'm going to, I'm, I'm playing him this week. I don't really care what happens. He's too cheap. They bumped his price up to where it should have been last week when it still should be a thousand dollars higher.
4: Yep. I'm, I'm still tilting last week's swap (laughs) as well. Uh, But I mean, it's such a great matchup here. Uh, Guy had 10 targets back to back weeks. Like you mentioned, Uh, we just have to remember volume over everything. And Davis is seeing it in spades. He remains the key cog in this passing attack. 31% 31% target share, which is the second highest in the league. 73% whopper, which is tied for third. Should see another big day here against the Colts. It's a 49-point total. Uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of volume go to
2: Corey Davis's way. Yeah, I gotta like him. Uh, I wanna you got an interesting punt here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to challenge you on this one. So uh, we've got the disappearing act of Traquan Smith last week. Dude, where were you on the field? I don't know. You didn't have a target, didn't register a single statistic. What, what are we, what do you see in Traquan Smith this week in a game? Maybe it's a little bit closer. I think the, I think the saints are the best team on in football right now. They can boat race any team. It's in the superdome. What, what is Traequan? We got the ghost of Brandon Marshall possibly being involved. I don't expect too much this week, but maybe he gets a couple of targets. Ben Watson doesn't even exist anymore. This is Michael Thomas. Then it's Alvin Kamara and it's Mark Ingram right now. Nobody else matters in this offense.
4: Yeah, but we got such a great matchup here against Philadelphia where they're down to like their fourth and fifth string cornerbacks due to injury. Um, it's the Saints' vertical passing attack. Like, what could go wrong against these kinds of backups? Um, everything, but that's why it's probably best served for tournaments and not cash. Um, he didn't run a single pass route last week against Cincinnati in their 51 to 14 route. So there's definitely a lot of risk here in
2: rostering Traquan Smith, but the matchup He didn't, he didn't run a single route last week. No, oh my, that, no, no I'm not, I, I can't do it. Give, give me Willie Sneed for $300 <laughs> more all day, every day. This isn't even close to me. Sneed has no ceiling, though, and I don't think you can take down a tournament with him.
4: Traquan could get loose and bust one off anytime. time. Uh, he's clearly taken over the number two role in Tedkin's absence uh, in terms of snaps, um, not necessarily routes run because they didn't ha- they didn't run a ton last week. Honestly, mm-hmm. the Saints team just ran all over the Bengals. They got a ton of turnovers uh, due to Andy Dalton's poor play, and that's what was the main culprit for that game script last week. Um, but the Eagles' corners of this week, they could be Russell Douglas, Chandon Sullivan, Sidney Jones. Uh, most, those
2: are create-a-player-mad names. Those are really-
4: Exactly, exactly.
2: <laughs>
4: so I think we're going to see Drew Brees, uh, like you said earlier, boat race this team. They're nine-point favorites right now. I think I'm going to take the Saints – Easily at night. How, how
2: looking back, how did not everyone in the world bet on the Saints? To it was like six points in Cincinnati last week or something. like that. How how in the world did that not happen? Um, but anyway, uh, let's move, Scott, real quick. What's your, what's your thoughts on Traquan? I mean, I would say here's a list of guys: Kiki QT. He's five hundred dollars more. I'd play Cortland Sutton for six hundred more. I'd play DJ Moore. I'd play Adam Humphreys. I'd play. I don't know. I play a lot of guys before Traquan Smith.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Tyler. I, I have no interest in.
2: I play I, Willie I, Sneed. I, Willie Sneed for sure. Uh, I don't care who's a corner. <laughs> Willie Sneed's a man. Okay. Well, um, we'll have a side bet. Willie Sneed versus Traquan. All right. I'll, I'll just depo- Just send me PayPal right now. It's <laughs> I already won. Um, let's go to tight end. Uh, I don't know. We, we've got stud tight end. It's obviously Zach Ertz. He. Um, like if you get 40 fantasy points from your tight end you win it doesn't matter what else you do you won you won Game and over. That's, that's what Zach Ertz did last week both of you have a measure stud uh Scott you haven't talked in a while what do we are we worried so Golden Tate right didn't play a lot of snaps last week you got to think he's probably a little bit more up on the no huddle you know some of the calls he's probably get a couple more snaps this week do you think Golden Tate we didn't even really talk about him. Do you think he's viable in DFS? And then do you think he eats into Ertz at all, who at 6,600 on DraftKings, I mean, sure, he's a tight end. But if you were looking at wide receiver, you're clearly playing Zach Ertz over any $6,600 wide receiver, in my opinion, in, in that range. Are you playing him or Keenan
3: Allen or Alshon Jeffrey? It's not even close to me at that point. So if if you told me uh, Golden Tate would resume his – typical slot role and play a full workload uh, which he didn't last week he played like a fifth Uh, but if he played a full workload I I would love him Uh, you know Marshawn Lattimore probably shadowing Alshon Jeffrey and then the Saints they're like one of the few teams where I actually care about tight end matchups Um, there's maybe like only four defenses where it matters good or bad and, and the Saints for whatever reason it matters Uh, right now they rank third best in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends last year, they ranked best. Uh, so I do think this is a tough matchup for Ertz. Um, so I would like to play golden Tate, but, uh, you know, he's too risky for me given the, what was it? 15% snap share he played last week. And, uh, you know, even in a super tough matchup, just the value Zach Ertz is giving you this year. By my data, it's the best usage of any tight end of the past decade, and it's not particularly close uh, in terms of production, too. I think it ranks third best. It, it's on pace to rank third best all time among all tight ends. Uh, just any smashing all tight ends in a really down year. The only one who is close is Travis Kelsey, and he's hurt. Um, so, you know, I don't care too much about the matchup. Uh the, the guy is just kind of setting the world on fire. Um, that said, I, I don't see myself having too much exposure. I think I'm mm. just gonna pay down with one of these, you know. Uh, yeah, don't don't spoil it. You, you got
2: my dude who's in my shell cash team, and this is gonna surprise a value play. So don't spoil it. Yeah, we'll wait for that. But I right, to, heck,
3: heck, yeah, heck, I, yeah.
2: I, I want to talk to yeah. Tyler on Vance McDonald. That's his value play. Uh, I think it's a pretty good one, right? Slot. Middle of the field, whatever. Scott was giving us all kinds of stats about Tampa Bay, left wide receivers and slot wide receivers. They just suck. You can play anybody against Tampa Bay, if you ask me. <laughs> so, hans McDonald's 4,000. He's going to be involved a little bit. Um, Evan Ingram's 4,100. He's not really getting involved too much. Jack Doyle's 4,200. Eric Ebron's running reverses and getting touchdowns, <laughs> left wide open, stealing all my fantasy points. Below him, you got Jared Cook. The Raiders are purposefully not throwing him the ball because they want to lose. Jordan Reed, he's washed. Hewerman, was that a one-shot wonder? I don't know. Ben Watson, I don't know. He doesn't even get targets. He's Traquan Smith to me. He doesn't exist anymore. There's really not a lot to like at tight end. We've got Zach Ertz. you got a couple other guys. I think McDonald's a fine play this week is kind of one. Of them.
4: I've honestly been either paying up at the top or going a complete punt for the yeah, last that, couple of years. That's what me and Scott are doing. <laughs> it's kind of the <laughs> way to go. Uh, Vance, I think you could get away with in cash games, though, if you're trying to get, get a guy that you have I don't know, some kind of safety in. Uh, considering last week, the Colts' tight ends combined for eight catches, 133 yards and three touchdowns, and ran in a fourth touchdown on the ground by Ebron. Vance roasted these guys in the playoffs last year, catching 10 passes for 112 yards on 16 targets. Tight end positions, an ugly one. Uh, I think Vance is a little bit of a uh, a guy you can put some rouge on and think he's a little pretty this week.
2: Yeah, I think he's fine. All right, Scott, you got two value plays. I'm going to give you about 90 seconds. Uh, start with Huerman, and then we'll get to my value play de jour uh, at tight end about that. Is Huerman real? Is this a real thing? 37, can we get all these targets again?
3: Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't set your expectations too high, but – but perhaps when we all thought it was Cortland Sutton who was going to see the bigger workload, said he kind of saw the same workload he, he has been seeing uh, just in terms of routes and, and everything. It was Huberman who you know, saw the big increase in routes and targets. Uh, maybe he's the, the one to watch out for. He also has a, a good tight end matchup. But like I said, don't really care about tight end matchups too much except in extreme cases. Uh, but your guy is James O'Shaughnessy. Oh, who I, yeah. Who give, I, give
2: me all the stud running backs is basically why I like him.
3: Yeah, I think I, I mentioned him on the podcast last week, or I at least mentioned him in in uh, my Saturday article. Um, so he's 100 off minimum on DraftKings. Uh, so all season, Jacksonville tight end one has averaged uh, like six targets per game. With even without Austin Safarian Jenkins, it's been like six point five targets per game. Uh, it had productive day last week. Um, so just super cheap guaranteed, uh, six targets, you know, in a bad year for tight ends where you can't say that for, you know, maybe all but like eight tight ends. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's, he's a great play at that, that price tag, but, but let's hear your, your pitch, Brett. Cause I, I know you like him even more than me.
2: Well, it's all, it's all that you said. My pitch is it gets me Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and James Connor. And I, it, it gets me what I want to play on my teams this week on my cash teams. Week, right. Exactly. Week, what I'm getting at. And outside of Ertz, I mean, if Ertz gets 40 again, you're going to have to have Ertz on your tournament teams. But outside of that, it is just a – it's a complete – I don't think Austin Hooper is completely as real as we've seen. Olsen, that, I don't know, I think that's a slow game. O.J. Howard's fine, but I don't know, still a little bit risky and he's expensive. I like Vance. I like O'Shawn. If I'm paying – I'm going to pay 4000 and have the possibility of getting three or four fantasy points, I might as well play 2600 to get the kind of exact same of, of possibility of O'Shawn to say. Um, all right, got to get out of here. Week 11 wrapped up in the books. Uh, go check out Pro Football Focus. Get Scott's article, Pat's article. Tyler writes some articles. There's a whole bunch of stuff. If you really want advanced statistics, they have a next-level um, premium. Um, I use that. I have access to it. I um, think that's why it helps me uh, win in DFS if you really are a uh, elite fantasy player and want access to some of the best information out there. We're going to get out of here. Uh, Scott and Tyler, thanks for joining me. I'm Britt, and uh, we got you i uh-huh.